Sometimes we just need encouragement. If you're in that season where you need encouragement, juggling all the different hats that you're trying to wear, then this episode is for you. If you're feeling God call you to pivot life as you know it by leaving your career plans to start an online business and you're terrified of how you'd ever actually pull that off, then you're a mama with a calling and this is the podcast for you. Here's where we'll talk about everything from choosing the right business and running it as a mom to biblical inspiration and motivation to conquer your fears. Because even though it's causing you some anxiety, you're also excited because you know God's calling you to it. And that means you're headed to a life with more joy, fulfillment, and purpose like you've always wanted. Hi, I'm Alexia Carrillo, fellow Mama with the Calling, and I'm passionate about helping other moms like you step into their calling and not stay stuck in their career for fear of going against the grain. I believe it's okay to pivot and follow God's calling on your life without the guilt or shame for not doing what the world says you should do. This is the Mama with the Calling podcast where we'll figure out how you can actually make this wild calling on your life become a reality. Let's grab some coffee and dive in. So before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know that the next few episodes throughout the month of May are going to all be around this theme of motherhood. Obviously, Mother's Day is in May, and I just have a series of interviews, and then I'll probably put some solo episodes in there too, but there are these women that I've interviewed that bring such wisdom and knowledge that I just had to share them with you. So I put them all together in this month of motherhood episodes. And they do have they do circle around your business and your calling and on those things as well. I'm looking forward to sharing those with you. And to go along with that, um, today, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Sandy Cooper. And one thing that she has been so gracious to do is give a signed copy of her recent book called Mom, You're Amazing. And I would love to give a copy of that away for free. So to do that, to enter the drawing for this book, which is full of amazing mom wisdom and things, you can check it out on Amazon. Um, But if you want a free copy, what I would like you to do is listen to this episode and leave a review, leave a review on the podcast and let me know either your thoughts about this episode, the podcast in general, your favorite one, whatever you'd like, leave a review over there and then send me a screenshot before you submit it, unless it has your name and I can clearly tell who it is. But send me a screenshot, just snap that before you hit submit on Apple podcast and send that over to me, that screenshot either on Instagram. So at mom with a calling, you can send me a direct message on there, or you can email me that snapshot at Alexia, A-L-E-X-I-A at mama with a calling.com. Either way, we'll enter you into the, the drawing for this book. And also, you know what? Actually, I have two copies. I'm going to be doing two giveaways, two copies. And then the other one, okay, so the second way to enter, there's gonna be two ways. The other way is to get on Instagram and just either just share something about the show, your favorite episode, something you love about it, take a screenshot of it, do a story, doesn't matter. Um, But tag me in there so that I can see it. So at mom with a calling, and um, I will enter you again. And then I will be drawing two names to be getting a book, this free book sent to you free of charge, all the things. Um... The last day to enter that is going to be May 27th, the last Friday of the month. So get those in. I would love to bless somebody with this book because like I said, it is so amazing. You will be holding on to it for years because it goes all the way from little littles all the way up to high school age and all the time in between and all this mom wisdom. It's so good. So send me a screenshot either by email or on DM on Instagram. And then second way to enter, share on your stories and tag me. All right. Now, on to business. So today, I'm going to be bringing you an interview that I did with Sandy Cooper um, from the Scooped on Balance uh, blog. And she's also the voice behind the Balanced Momcast podcast. And Sandy is such an amazing heart. I just loved talking to her. And her recent book called Mom, You're Amazing is amazing. (laughs) It is full of wisdom from an older mom. I mean, she's not old, but she's just older more wise in a different season than I am, than many of you are with her kids, mostly grown, um, you know, heading out of high school and such. And the wisdom that she shares in this episode is just going to be so amazing. We talk about everything from how to wrestle with your calling as a mom and your desire to do bigger things for God. 
while also talking about when to say yes to those things and when not to say yes and how to be um, thankful and present as a mom and content with where God has you, as well as her journey front of, of actually doing her blog and how that turned into books and speaking engagements and all of these things. So I know that you will be encouraged and inspired, even if you're not a mom yet. I know some of you obviously aren't. Um, she still has a lot of wisdom to share for maybe in the future where you might be, or just a lot of the business side. We do talk about some of that as we go. So I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with Sandy as much as I did. And let's get into it. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for joining us again on the podcast. Today, I am talking to Sandy Cooper. I am so excited to be talking with her. Um, She is a writer, podcaster, Bible study teacher, and professionally certified home chef. That's pretty awesome. I cannot cook. Um, (laughs) She has been a wife to John for over 28 years and his mom to Noah, who's deceased, Rebecca, 23, Elijah, 20, and Eliana, 15. She's been encouraging women since 2008 at the scooponbalance.com and podcast weekly at the Balance Momcast. Love that name. Uh, From her home office in Florida, where she lives with her family. So thank you so much for joining me today, Sandy. Oh, it is my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So uh, Sandy has a new book and it just came out called mom. You're amazing. And she sent me this digital copy and y'all like her writing is so great. Like, I just love the way you write. Cause I like just looked at it and I was like, I can't stop, but I gotta stop. Cause you know, I was just trying to look over it really quick and right from the get go, I was like in tears over your story, but I was also mm-hmm. in tears over feeling like it just gave a voice to a lot of the things that we struggle with as moms Mm -hmm. and things that we think, but we don't know how to say, or maybe don't want to say or admit. So Mm -hmm. it just gave me a lot of like comfort, I think, to hear it from, um, you know, a more experienced mom too, that it's not just me being a first time. I only have one child. Um, Mm -hmm. he's six. So that was also encouraging. And God was just already stirring in my spirit about the season I'm in now and the things I'm struggling with. And I could, the way you have the book outlined, I could kind of ping pong based on what I thought, you know, the season I was in or what I thought might apply. And, um, it was just speaking words of encouragement. So, I am just going to go ahead and recommend this book to you guys. Um, I'll put links for it uh, in the show notes and stuff, but it is really, I mean, it's just, I just can't, can't wait to read the rest of it. So, Yay. Uh, uh, so I want to start talking about like, start out by talking about what led you to write this book. Yes. Well, thank you for asking. And I just want to say, first of all, in response to what you just said, as an author, I think the highest compliment that I could ever wish to have is when someone says, I started reading your book and I couldn't put it down and I was crying. That was like, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like, you know, cause you, you can't force that. And that's how I like to feel when I read books as well. So the fact that I was able to um, produce that in another person is awesome. Also, you don't the, know, like not your family. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. I don't even think my family reads my stuff. So, you know, there's that, but, mm-hmm. but I will also say that the age you said you had a six-year-old, six-year-olds are my absolute favorite. And that I am not even kidding. Like I think six-year-olds are the absolute cutest, best age ever. And I've enjoyed my kids at every age, some more than others, but mm-hmm. the at six is amazing. Okay. You asked about, um, why I wrote the book. Is that what, like, yeah, what was what the question? You, I just yeah. wanted to talk about what you said. No, that's fine. <laughs> what led you to write the book? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so back in, uh, 2008, we adopted Eliana and, uh, I had been writing already. Like I w- was submitting things for like magazines and stuff like that. Um, and it had been writing, you know, just for little publications and things. And when, and I was teaching a Bible study in my home at the time to a group of women. And so we were getting ready to adopt the baby. And I realized that like, I already, I had at that point, uh, let's see, Eliana was one when we adopted her from Guatemala and, um, and I had then a six-year-old and a nine-year-old also. And Eliana was this 25 pound, um, baby who couldn't walk yet (laughs) and had never been put down. I don't think a moment in her life, like her, her foster mom carried her everywhere, let Eliana sleep on her. And so when I got her, like 
that's all she wanted. And toddler adoption sort of requires that you do that so that, you know, the baby bonds with you. Okay. So I had this Bible study in my house. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to take care of my family and also, um, shower <laughs> and, and try to like wipe the pee off the toilet seats and, you know, things that would re- you'd want to do if someone was coming over for a Bible study. So I decided that I would start a blog. Blogs were kind of new at the time. And I I just started like this free blog and I called it God speaks today because I was teaching on hearing God's voice in my house. And I thought, Oh, I'll just make this like a teaching blog. And then the ladies that were coming can just read this. And so so I, I was blogging about all of that. And then, you know, then occasionally I would find myself like wanting to write about what the kids were doing or like something I was going through or, you know, a struggle I was having and, or writing about, you know, post a recipe or, you know, whatever. I just started posting all the things all the time. And so eventually I rebranded the blog and changed it to the name, the scoop on balance, which is what it is now so that I could just continue to write about whatever I wanted. and about a year and a half ago, I was looking back in the archives of my blog and I realized I had like somewhere between seven and 800 essays that I had written. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm kind of going back into the like oldest ones and rereading and forgotten what I had written. And, and I wrote them in the trenches of motherhood, you know, and, and, and while like in the midst of having, these struggles and, and writing about what God was doing in my life and the things I was learning. And, um, I just thought, wow, you know, I can see the stats on the back end to see that like, no one has accessed these blog posts in a decade. And, Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know, I just feel like it, these would be not all of them. Some of them were horrible. So I'm not even saying like they were terrible writing and like not good content. Um, but there were a few that I thought, I would really love people to see these again. And so, um, I, I sorted them by theme and, uh, and decided that I would publish them into books. And so the first one is the theme of motherhood and it is called mom, you're amazing. And other things I want to tell you. And it's a series of essays written, uh, to moms. And most of the things that I wrote in there were things that I was obviously experiencing at the time in real time. And I found that in my stages of motherhood that I needed constant encouragement because the enemy was always saying to me that I stunk as a mom, that I was failing, that I wasn't doing something right. And, um, and I needed always a pep talk. So one of the things I did on a regular basis is encourage moms in that way, because I thought if I need to hear this, other moms probably do too. Mm -hmm. And so that became sort of I saw that there was just this theme that I wrote to moms all the time, which is how that became the title. So that's how that book came to be. I love that story of that because it's not, I mean, you could, you could have sat down to just write a book, but -hmm. it's almost like you had what started out as an outlet for sharing. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. I, I'm the same way. Like I have, I'm like, I just want to talk about, like, I just started homeschooling my son. So I heard like, that. I, li- I actually listened to your podcast <laughs> and I was like, oh wow, she's homeschooling. And yeah. you have like, don't you have like some crazy degree? Like you're a, oh, PhD, yeah, like a, a PhD in cancer. Yeah. Biology. yeah. That well, is I mean, insane. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I homeschool him. And so I'm just like, I want to share, like, I, I'm the kind of person that as I'm learning, I do the same thing. I want to like give the, the knowledge to someone else and, and share yes. and encourage or whatever, whatever God's teaching me right now. I'm like, I just want to tell somebody. And so I wanted, you know, that's why I started the podcast or started a blog. But so I think that that's, um, you know, an encouraging thing because for some women who are listening, they keep trying to find out the thing they're supposed to blog about or do a mm-hmm. podcast about, and maybe it's just a way for you to share and you just never know where it's going to lead. So, you know, like you said, you ended up rebranding and it really did kind of focus on motherhood because that's what you were interested in. And Mm -hmm. you did, you do teach about hearing God's voice, but that's just like a part of what you're doing. And, um, it became like this resource slash this like archive for your own self to go back, but to be able to pull that back out, I just think is, I don't know. I think that's really fun. And it's cool that you just, that you did it. I guess that you thought about putting it into a book. Um, in that way, because the way it's written, people will see when they get the book, but it's like, it's written like you're, it's happening because it was happening. And it's like, you're sharing about it. And you're, it's like, a, you're sitting down to talk over coffee, but you're simultaneously encouraging and like, 
mm. telling this fun story and then like something about you know god and faith is in there it's like it's yes in any way to put it in there and it's just it's it's encouraging almost without you do say blatantly encouraging things but sometimes it's almost it's like it's just woven into the story of it all so i just think mm. that's really really fun thank you thank you i appreciate that and i love the part that you said you feel like you're sitting down having a cup of coffee with me, which is precisely why there's a cup of coffee on the front of the book. And that's exactly what I want. Like when I write, that is exactly what I'm picturing. I'm thinking, okay, if someone was sitting here right now and we were just talking, what would I say to her? Mm-hmm. And this is what I would say. And it, I, you know, I, I just, from an author, from, from a reader standpoint, that's how I want people to write to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, I love that that has come through. So thank you for telling me that. Cause that is very affirming to me as well. Yeah. And just to think about this, I was just, my mind goes into this way because I think about the people listening too, and even myself, one of the hardest things that I've found is, is writing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have all this science dry academic writing. And so trying to write in a way that rep like brings out your personality or can have that effect mm-hmm. is challenging. So I think that, like you said, having that, um, that like imagery for yourself, like, okay, we're sitting mm-hmm. down, like, what would I say? That's a good start. But it also like, I don't know you, but I felt like instantly reading mm-hmm. your story that it immediately creates this, um, like this no like, and trust factor that we hear about yes. in online business where it's exactly. like, you, you can hear that in blog posts and things. So even if you don't have an audience, if somebody can read something, they are already kind of like hooked in because mm-hmm. they're like, yes, she gets me. I get like, like this is conversational. It doesn't always have to be so um, like stiff on our writing when we're doing blog posts and editing it to death and all of that, like right. typos. I mean, obviously not a ton, but right. if, they, if they're there, like you're a human, like you're, exactly. you know, it doesn't have to be grammatically correct all the time. So I just wanted to, I guess, put that out there too. Oh yeah. Well, that's, and I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I just think yep. it's encouraging for people because they will, they will not start a podcast. They will not start writing mm-hmm. a blog because they're just so worried about how they sound or, or whatever. So I just right. wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit. Um, so, okay. So in the book, let's talk about the book a little bit. So in the book, you talk about lies that moms believe, and mm-hmm. let's talk about what those lies are and where they're coming from, who's lying to us, all of that stuff. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, I found that that was like a really big thing. Um, when I, I mean, it still is, I, I shouldn't even say was, but especially when I had, um, when, 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 especially just through those, like in the trenches, parenting years, my kids are a little older now. So, you know, I've, I'm kind of, you know, launching them and it's a little different now, but, but I realized that I believed a lot of things that were not true and, um, and it, and it caused me, it really tripped me up. And then I realized it's not just me. It's, it's all the moms. And I do have a spiritual enemy who hates me and, and, and it's important to understand where those thoughts, when you start hearing those things in your head, where they're coming from. Um, so so who is lying to us? You know, the, the first thing is that we need to understand we have a spiritual enemy Mm -hmm. and because he hates Jesus, if you are a follower of Christ, he's going to hate you too. You're his Mm -hmm. child. You're filled with his spirit. And so, so he, he automatically hates you too. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12, he says, uh, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so one of the, one of the things the enemy will always try to do is deflect and be like, mm-hmm. you know, your kids are the problem or your husband's the problem, or your friend is the problem, or your mom is the problem, or your job is the problem, like anything besides mm-hmm. him, but we need to understand our battle is against him. He's the one lying to us. And the Bible calls him a lot of names. Um, he calls him the, sl- the Bible calls him the slanderer, the deceiver, the tempter, the enemy, the evil one, the accuser, but Jesus called him a liar and the father of lies. And when he speaks lies, he is speaking his native tongue. That is what there's no truth in him. And mm-hmm. so once we realize that, then, then we can start dealing with what is going on with those lies in our heads. Yeah. And I think that for some women, I know for me, the 
we just sort of like forget or don't think about that there's an enemy. Like we, we hear about the devil, like we know this, right. but we don't really walk with that. Um, it was, I mean, I've been a Christian my whole life. And, um, last year, I guess I was talking to a friend and she was telling me about the book, the beta Satan. And, um, and I was telling her about something I was struggling with, you know, and she was like the enemy wants you. And, and I was like, the what? And like, so when she <laughs> talked about it, I had a bunch of emotions. Like one, I felt like there was this invisible side of, of like the world that I just like didn't know about. Like it never, right. it never really was a thing that I thought about. I thought about like, I'm the problem. I've got to fix me, which there is some of that, but sure. it, it was like, I wasn't thinking about lies coming mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. or being attacked. I wasn't thinking that way. And then the other side of it is that sometimes, um, people think that's kind of like too spiritual or something, yes. but it's, it's real. Like yes. if we, and that's what he wants is for us to just dismiss right. and just not even uh, take into account that he is working and doing all of these things. Um, so I think yes. that's important that you talk about that because for a lot of us, we feel kind of weird or we don't know how to handle, like, what does that even look like? What does that, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it, in terms of like, so the question, like, how do we handle it or like, what are the, yeah, like, like I guess, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, let's just go there. Like, how do yeah. we handle when we are feeling, I guess maybe it's more starting with how do we start to recognize yeah. what the enemy sounds like? Like, how do I we gotcha. recognize that voice that yes. we don't want to listen to? That is such a good question because, um, because so here's, here's something that I have learned. So you, I mentioned at the beginning and we talked about it a little bit that when I first started my blog, I started it on hearing the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And that has just been some, that's been a topic that has interests me for, you know, 25 years. Like it's yeah. just been something I've been so, so I've wanted to understand it so much. Mm-hmm. And I, my second book is all about that. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I learned that has really helped me with this is that, and this is you, maybe you've heard this analogy before, but when, um, when bank tellers are trained to, uh, identify counterfeit bills, they are not trained to look at every single counterfeit and say, okay, now this is a counterfeit because of this. And this is a counterfeit because of this, because technology is constantly getting better. Um, Mm -hmm. the bills, the counterfeits get more and more, um, clever and Mm -hmm. harder to detect. And so the way that they're trained is they are trained to recognize the authentic bill. Mm -hmm. And so, so it is very, that way, no matter what comes across they can look and say, well, it's not this, you know, this Mm -hmm. is the real thing. Once I know the real thing inside and out, it doesn't matter what comes across my desk. If it doesn't look like the real thing, then it's not Mm -hmm. going to be authentic. So with understanding what the enemy's lies sound like the best way to recognize it is to get to know God. Mm -hmm. and get to know what God sounds like. And the best way to do that is to familiarize yourself with his word. And so, because he sounds exactly like his word. Now it gets tricky because the enemy will sometimes use the word of God in his lies. And so then it's like, ah, like, can I ever figure this out? So like, actually you can figure it out because be with, with knowledge of the word. And then also having a growing relationship with God, like the Holy spirit spirit will lead you. And so you don't need to be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's one thing that, you know, the, it, it says in the Bible that we are not, I like the way the King James version says it. We're not ignorant of his devices. Mm-hmm. So we know th- the Bible has told us about the enemy's schemes and, and there's another scripture that says that he walks around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So we know that he's walking around looking for us at a vulnerable time. And we know that we can know what he sounds like. We, we don't have to be ignorant, but Mm -hmm. it says, it says to be alert because he walks around. The Bible never says to be scared. Like we're not supposed to be scared of this. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to be afraid. 
and I know it gets a little, it's a little frightening when people start talking about the spirit world, because it's, it's, it, it does sound scary that there's like evil spirits out there trying to destroy me. Like, well, mm -hmm. yeah, actually there is, but we don't need to be afraid because we, right. God has given us everything we need. So, so the best way to know what he sounds like is to understand what God sounds like first, and then look at examples in the word where Satan did this, where he, where his lies, where they talk about what his lies sound like. And, and also I, I believe that, you know, just from a very practical standpoint, surrounding yourself with, um, other mature Christian women, especially, you know, if you're a woman listening and you are a mom and you're an entrepreneur, like find the older version of that <laughs> and someone who is mature in the faith. And when you are in doubt, say, I'm hearing this voice that says this, I'm hearing this thing in my head. I'm feeling this way. Does that sound like God to you? Or does that, cause he will try to sound like God. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, one of the things he does is he takes things like you even said at the beginning, you said, well, you know, I was feeling this way and that way. And there was some truth to that. That's exactly how he operates. He'll take something that is an element of truth and then he'll twist it just enough to make you feel afraid, to make you feel guilty or shamed, to make you feel, um, prideful, distant from God. You know, he, he basically only has like three major things that he does. So he's, he, he has like three major temptations, but he'll make it very specific to you because he's mm -hmm. been studying you your whole life. He's been right. studying me my whole life. And, and so he knows exactly how to push our buttons, but the three things that he, he does is he, he will try to get the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. So the lust of the eyes He'll get you to look at something and want it and just be like, you know what? If I had that, then I would be happy. If I had that house, if I had that husband, mm -hmm. if I had, you know, that situation, that business scenario, that, that computer program, that whatever it, it can be anything. If I had that thing, then I would be fully satisfied. The lust of the flesh. If I could feel that way, mm -hmm. if I could just feel more appreciated by my husband, if I could just feel more appreciated by my kids, if I could just feel, um, more affirmed by my clients, if I could, you know, whatever lust of the flesh pride of life, if I could just be, mm -hmm. I could just be this, if I could, if I could be that, you know, seven figure entrepreneur, if I could be that mom who doesn't freak out on her kids, <laughs> if I could just mm -hmm. be, you know, so he's only got those three things, but he'll tailor it so specific to you. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, it's, it's kind of learning what pushes your buttons and recognizing when you're in a vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the whole hungry, angry, lonely, tired, the whole acronym, but also, you know, when are you overwhelmed? When are you stressed? When are you too busy? When are you hurried? Mm -hmm. um, when are you afraid? When are you, when are you in pain? You know, he's going to, he's, he's, he's walking around waiting for one of those situations so that he can come and speak lies to you in that moment. So mm -hmm. it's a process, but I don't want anyone to walk away feeling like, Oh my gosh, that's so much. Like we can get there. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that explanation. That was really good. And I've, I've never heard, I don't know if I've heard the bank teller one, but that's really good too, because mm. that's what I've come to learn myself is that to overcome any of the negative things that were kind of getting in my way that were holding me back that whatever um, it's like, I had to learn like what God says about me. And I talk about that on the right. podcast a lot, because as I learn, as I read, um, you know, you can just, it just becomes so clear or more, it's always changing, but like sure. you'll learn more and more. And so then, like you said, to recognize when you have these negative thoughts coming in, even like stress or anything coming in, mm -hmm. it's like, 
why am I stressed? Because I think I need to do it all by myself or because I'm not trusting God to provide or whatever that looks like. And we're constantly in this, in this battle, like you said. And so, um, I think that's so important. And a lot of times it's Christians, especially moms, busy doing business, all this, Mm -hmm. we like leave church to Sunday, like Bible reading time with God to Sunday. And maybe that's about it. Or, you know, I don't, if we don't have a quiet time or whatever, I know it was probably about two years ago that I was like, what's this quiet time people are talking about. (laughs) And so they were like, I was like, Oh, like you're reading your Bible every day. And I remember sitting down and telling myself, like, I'm going to read it. But when I opened it, I was like a bunch of words on the page. Like I just didn't understand. So I went on this Mm -hmm. journey of, of, learning how to, to read the Bible. And I mean, now I love that. Um, yes. but it's a, it is really important. It's an important part. And the enemy will try to get us to think that we don't have time for that. We don't yeah. have time to sit there and spend time with God. And at some point I remember telling myself, like, if I am saying to myself, I don't have time to spend time with God because I have, you know, house stuff or I have mom stuff or I have business stuff. Is he going to bless those things? If I won't even like give him the, t- like, I need to get right. myself situated because that's the most important thing so that all the other things are able to, you know, do better. Right. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I, I totally agree. Like, and, and I, I think, I think it was great that you recognized that that was the enemy coming in and telling you that, like he knew it, that's exactly where he could get you. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I, I'm not the enemy, but I would venture to say that he was behind you feeling confused when you opened up the Bible for the first time to sit down to, because you were interested in diving deeply into it. And he thought, well, we need to take care of this because this right now, yes, (laughs) he's the author of confusion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you feel confused, like whenever I feel confused and I remember it was my best friend said that to me years ago, I remember calling her and I was so confused about something. And I'm like, and I kept saying, I'm so confused. I don't know if God's telling me to do this or God's telling me to do that. And I remember her just stopping me and she just was like, okay, well, you keep saying you're confused. So I know that's not God. And I was like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even realize that that, and that's when it's so good to understand that the scriptures say God's not the author of confusion. Mm-hmm. of power and of love and of a sound mind. He's not the author of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. So when you feel afraid, when you feel confused, like you can know, okay, that, and that's the benefit of getting to know the truth mm-hmm. because, you know, a lot of people quote that, like, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Like even people who aren't Christians who aren't familiar with scripture, but yeah. actually in context, it says that you will obey my word. Oh, let me see what exactly I have that written down because it's the, the quote is actually not just, you'll know the truth. It's, um, hold on. I want to say that one exactly because it's really powerful. Mm -hmm. If you hold to my teaching, Mm -hmm. you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. That was Jesus saying, if you hold to my teaching. And so it's not just like knowing quote truth. It's the truth of scripture. It's mm-hmm. the teaching of God. It's like, that's where we are free. That's where the freedom comes. I love that. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I love that conversation, but I also wanted to dive in a little bit because like I said, I was kind of looking through the book and some of this will come back up, I'm sure. But yeah. one of the chapters that stood out to me was, I think it's chapter nine, where you talked about, and you know, wanting to do more for God than Mm. just be a mom. And that really stood out to me because, um, that just, I mean, it's just hit my heart. So can you summarize that chapter for us a little bit and tell us what you were saying there? Oh, wow. Can remind me what the title of that chapter is. It's just, it's just, well, it's just, I guess (laughs) it's because I mean, you have the whole book. So it's basically, it was just saying that like, when you had your kids, you were always kind of looking out, wishing that you could do something else, wishing you could have ministry, that kind of stuff, wanting to do something else. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and that was always the pull that I felt. I felt like from, okay. So I have always wanted to be a mom. Like I was the one who. I play, I literally played with baby dolls. Like that was my, that was my toy of choice. And I played with baby dolls till I was probably 13 years old. Like I still to this day cannot hold a baby doll unless I'm holding it in proper baby, like 
way. Yeah. Like I would never be able to just grab a baby doll, like by the arm or by like the a head. toy. You know what I mean? yeah. Like I can't treat it like that. Like I scoop it up and I hold its head and I like, I'm, yeah. So I still to this day do that. So I was this person who always wanted to be the mom. And when I became a mom and I, I quit my job. I was working full time at the time. I was a, an insurance adjuster at State Farm and um and got pregnant, had Noah and quit. And planned on that being my life. And as soon as I got home, I loved taking care of my babies. Like that was never even a question, but I always felt this pull that like I mean, I knew that I could write. I really loved to teach. Um I felt like I wanted to, like, I, I felt like I was supposed to lead something like, and, and it, and it was just this constant, um, angst inside because taking care of kids requires so much of us. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know if I had it in me to try to split that up mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, Yeah. And, and, and I felt like God had given me all of these desires. Like I really wanted to not just work, but I wanted to like change the world. Like, I know that sounds really grandiose, but that was like the honest to God truth. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to very much like what you said, not just learn things and, but I wanted to be like a conduit to like, if Mm -hmm. I learn something, I feel responsible to pass it on and teach it and represent it. And, um, but yeah, I felt like my children were so all consuming that I didn't even know if that was possible. And like, God had given me these competing goals. Like it was like, he gave me these kids and then he gave me all these desires and talents. And I almost felt like for a period of time, I wasn't even allowed to use some of them. And it was very, very frustrating. So I remember, you know, I think that the uh, chapter that you're talking about is like when my husband, I remember talking to my husband and just where he talked about all the interruptions in his day. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I just felt, you know, my, my husband's a hospital executive. And at the time he was like, just working his way up the corporate ladder and, you know, not at at the top of anything at that point. Mm -hmm. And and I remember him just telling me about meeting after meeting and interruption after interruption. And I, I just said to him like, wow, it must be really hard to do your job with all those interruptions because that's how I felt. Like, I just felt like, oh my gosh, the kids are interrupting me all day. <laughs> and he said, um, he goes, no, the interruptions are my job. Like, that's why I'm there. Like, that's my job. And I, 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 I heard him, but I was thinking about me and I was like, right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Yeah, Like, you know, and so it wasn't really, um, competing. And what's so funny is, you know, now I'm on the other side of it and here I have this book and I have like three books, all the, you know, I'm like just really frustrated at home behind my computer, like haven't showered in two days and my house is trashed, but I'm like plunking out these, you know, stupid blog posts that nobody's reading and just feeling like, well, I'm just going to do this. And, you know, and God's like, yes. Yes. Do that. Right. Yeah. And you're just be obedient to me today. And then just, just watch what I do. Like then I will, it'll all come together. Don't worry. (laughs) So yes, that it just stood out to me so much because when I first started working from home, so I was in this career and a lot of the women that listen are career women who are either considering switching or have already come home. Mm -hmm. And, but they, they're struggling just like, I mean, I did with that transition, because a lot of times we put our value, our identity, all of that stuff in our career. Sure. So when we come home for me, it was like this culture, like I wanted to be home with my son, but I would never flat out say, I just want to be a stay at home mom. Because I, like you said, I had all these things, like I can do Mm -hmm. all these things I I want to like teach and lead and, and all of that. And so it was like, I had to go through that process of realizing that, A, I don't have to be doing some special job to be important, but still like I was doing the whole thing where I thought my son was interrupting and he was in my mind. I don't, I was like oblivious. I thought that I was going to come home. He was like two and a half at the time. So this is just silly now, but 
Um, I would thought that he was going to just sit beside of me and play quietly for the eight hours while I worked and he was going to play with Play-Doh and I had all these things. And that is not the case. He has ADHD. I have ADHD. So it was chaos. Like the hardest thing I've ever done harder than grad school. I was in tears all the time. I was yelling at him. He's two. And I'm like, I'm terrible. You know, just this crazy time. And I remember standing, I was so stressed all the time and crying, which ultimately that, that season led me like back to God. Cause I kind of been out of church for like 10 years. Mm. And so it led me back because I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> and yes. as I was standing there one day and I was pray, like pray talking to God, I'm just like, why, you know, just like asking questions. And it was sort of like this epiphany moment where I realized like, if my job were mom, then playing in the floor with blocks, isn't like an interruption. That's my job. Right. And I was like, cleaning is my job and going outside with him for a little, that's my job. And I was like, and so just like this realization that I had more than one calling that it was like, I yes. could have a business and a thing, but also being comfortable with whatever that looked like, how small or big God wanted it to be. And yes. then what it looked like to manage my home and take care of my son, like all of those things and really owning that as just as important and valuable as like working to make money. And that was a huge, I mean, it wasn't like instant and everything was great, but it was a journey from there still going where I have to catch myself not being, especially homeschooling now, cause he's always here, yes. but um, th- 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 it's not an interruption. So putting on the different hats and seeing it as this is my mom job and this is my, you know, whatever job. That's yes. what really spoke to me about that one. Yeah, no. And that's so, that's so good. And, you know, Two, realizing that, that sometimes there's like, there's, you know, balance is kind of more like a pendulum than it is like scales Mm -hmm. and that really it's okay to kind of like swing to an extreme and be like, okay, for this short season, when my child needs me a lot, it's okay to like, let these other things go. So I can be all in with that. And then when my child gets to be, you know, a little more whatever, if we're going through an easier season or I can arrange, you know, some childcare or some, you know, I can coordinate something with my spouse or whatever, then maybe you can swing back over mm-hmm. and then you can like go all in on, on that other thing that you want to do. And I know one of the things that used to drive me insane is that other people who recognized like gifts and talents in me would say, oh, you know, God is really preparing you for big ministry someday. And I'd have these little kids at home. And so it made me feel like, oh, this is little insignificant, unimportant ministry, even though I love being a mom, like uh, just kind of reconciling all of that, mm-hmm. just realizing like, just like you said, like it is 100% okay to recognize motherhood as a legitimate work calling um, vocation, like whatever you want to call it. And also carry with that, that God has given us, like, that's not the be all end all. Mm -hmm. That's not, I mean, I would, maybe some women don't agree with this. So I'm going to, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) Um, I know a lot of women who believe that motherhood is the highest calling a, a mom, a woman can have. I don't believe that because what about all those women who can't have kids? Does mm-hmm. that mean that they can't fulfill the highest calling that God has mm-hmm. for us? Like, no, like if you're no. a mom, that's yes. I believe if you're a mom for a season, those kids should be your absolute top priority here mm-hmm. on this earth, but that's not all God made you to do mm-hmm. like, because when you wrap your, I mean, that's idolatry. If you just wrap your whole life into those kids and that's your full identity and that whatever you put in that place, whether it be your work or, or your role as mom, Mm -hmm. nothing should be in that place, but God, like Mm -hmm. that's God's place. He's you get all your identity from him and all your affirmation from him. And then you, you just obey what he tells you to do through the seasons of life. Just just do what he's telling you to do. And I can tell you right now that if you have little kids at home, you know, that should be a huge part of what you're doing right now because you're, you're the only mom that they're going to get and you get one shot. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, you don't get a do over. You don't get to, and you know, if that means you lose some opportunities that, that are coming your way now, that's it. But I'm not saying that everyone who, who pursues 
work. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that's exactly what God is calling you to do, but he is also, if he's doing that, I guarantee you, he's simultaneously showing you how to provide for those kids because mm-hmm. there's no way he's going to call you away, split your affections in that way, call you to pursue something and where you're constantly putting your kids in their most um, vulnerable and formidable state in the hands of someone who isn't capable of, of rearing them the way God would have them reared. So yeah, there's my little rant. No, I think it's good, but, but I mean, the reason I want to talk about it is because I feel like we have, I went through this where there's just so many different opinions about what motherhood's supposed to look like and kind of where I landed was that it just depends on what God's calling you to do and what that motherhood looks like, whether it's full-time stay-at-home mom, whether yes. it's home and working, whether it's work like out in the workforce, like any of that, and just being okay with whatever that is and not trying to do what you think you're supposed to do. Yes. Because when I first came home, I tried to, not when I first, at some point in that timeline, probably mm-hmm. like a year in, I tried to deny the whole business side of it. I tried to say, well, I, I just can't, um, you know, I, I swung, like you said, the pendulum, but in a, yeah. in a kind of a bad way, I was right. like, I swung the other way saying I'm like terrible for wanting to work or wanting to do something mm. extra. So I'm just going to be mom. And, but when I did that, I felt, well, a, I was really grumpy, but B, I, <laughs> I also just, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't like that. So I don't think that's what God was calling me to do. So I wanted to ask a little bit before we go into the next part of how you balanced I mean, you said you like work or at least had an outlet, something that you could do, yeah. whether it was business or not. And maybe, I don't know if you eventually switch that on and you're just thinking, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do the slow, but steady, or if you really were just having an outlet to put it online, but what that looked like for the being okay, waiting while recognizing that you had these desires and these skills mm, that I don't, I don't know that I really reconciled that until probably two or three years ago, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that I looked for every opportunity that I could during Mm -hmm. those years to work on the things, to hone my skills, to educate myself about, um, the industry that I was interested in. You know, for me, that's writing, Mm -hmm. um, going to writers conferences when I could, Mm -hmm. um, taking small speaking engagements when I was invited, if it worked out for, you know, my family at the time, um, trying to like lead whatever, I mean, it, if I just saw an opportunity to lead something as small as like, um, you know, a class, a Wednesday night class at church where I could just, you know, this will give me an opportunity to teach this thing that is burning in my heart right now. And I just have this six week Wednesday night opportunity to go do that. Well, I just, I found that those things accumulating over the course of, you know, 20 years ended up becoming the books I eventually wrote. Like the first book I wrote, I taught like, I mean, the introduction of that book's so funny because it's, it's just me starting out feeling like, I have no idea what balance is. I'm so unbalanced. I suck. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I, um, and, and, and I would just start studying and then I would like invite a couple women over and I'm like, you know, let's look at this together. Like, let's see if we can figure this balance thing out. And then, you know, then teaching it to a small group of women and then like changing the curriculum up. And then we, we moved. And then I'm like, go to that pastor and be like, Hey, I have this class. I kind of like to teach it. And what do you think of this? And, and then like again and again and again, and and I just kept like tweaking it and teaching it. So like, I felt, I felt like I wanted to be a mom. I always call it's so funny because looking back, I was never really just a full-time mom. I was, but I didn't, I, because I quit my official job, I never saw myself as a working mom, mm-hmm. even though I was never okay. If I wasn't doing something else, if I'm like, mm-hmm. not, you know, I, I'm going to lead the nursery and preschool department and I'm there just like everyone else, like on staff, but because I have my babies, I don't call myself a working mom. Like what? 
Like it's so, it was bizarre. Like I didn't even know what to call myself. I wouldn't have even called myself a working mom at the time, but looking Mm -hmm. back, I absolutely worked the entire time. Like, yeah, I love that story though, because what I, what I love about that is that you, I mean, I'm sure there were ups and downs on emotions, but it's not like you prioritize being mom. Like that was there. And you were good with that, like to the point where you even wouldn't really admit that you were doing something else. Yeah. Um, yes. But it's you didn't deny the things, like you said, when you had when opportunities came across your, mm-hmm. you know, desk, you would say like, "Ooh, I want to do that," or "I want to write here," or "I want to learn to write," mm-hmm. like whatever. Like you knew where God was calling you. Ultimately, mm-hmm. the thing you put on your heart, in, in addition mm-hmm. to being a mom, um, which obviously ended up wrapping into it, but like you knew that was there, so you just didn't leave it to get dust, you know, to say, well, in that next season, well, when they're gone, I'll start because God was still putting it on your heart to do it now. And I love that because sometimes we, like you're, like you're saying the season we're in might be to be heavy on the home and taking care of our kids. And the the part about, I mean, this is kind of season I'm in now The the part about business and all of that isn't as prominent. I'm not striving for it. And if I don't see Mm -hmm. it for what it is, right. Seeing it, that God has me in this season where I'm homeschooling, um, you know, taking care of my home, taking care of my son, all of that stuff. That's the dominant thing. Then I'm, I would be aggravated. Like, no, 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 no. I'm pulling and trying to go over here and do this business that I, I wanted all along. And it's that submitting to what God's asking us to do, but still like creeping along. Like we're doing this podcast interview because I'm like, I love talking to people. And so like, you know, fitting that in and doing little things to improve along the way. And you're honing, you know, the skill that God's given you like you said, it, it, it is just such a cool story to see how it all came. Like ultimately looking back on it, you can totally see how God's working, but like in the middle of it, you're like, what are you doing? I didn't (laughs) see it at all. I got, I was so frustrated. I didn't see it at all when I was in the middle of it. In fact, when I first started my blog and we talked about this, you know, it was like 2008 and blogs were just about to hit their peak. Like they hit their, they really crescendoed around 2010 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and then all these people that started their blogs around the same time I did. And they were all like the blog community was very interactive. Like we all read each other's blogs. We all commented on each other's blogs. And then if we would end up like at the same writer's conference, then we would all sit at the same table and we would see each other. And yeah. So it was like this super tight community was just really cool. And then what happened is all these women who were in the exact same life stage as me, they either realized they couldn't do it and they just fizzled out completely and their blogs just, you know, stopped or they like shot up and got book deals and, you know, arena speakers. And like, which was at the time, like that was like the be all end all. Like if Mm -hmm. I could get a book deal and be an arena speaker, you know, and (laughs) I had like these little kids at home and, and they were doing it. And so I'd be like, well, you know, okay. So what ended up happening was you, you said such a key thing is you have to do what God is telling you to do. Like you have to be obedient to what the Lord is telling you to do. Every time I would start kicking tires on that road, I could feel the spirit of God in me saying, Nope, Nope, not now. That is not what you're doing right now that, you know, teach a little class for, you know, a couple of weeks at church. Yes write on your blog. Yes. Go to that writer's conference, that once a year thing where you're only gone for two nights. Sure. But you are not going to catapult up this Mm -hmm. circuit where you're traveling and you're, Mm -hmm. and so what I said, no to that whole thing. And I was angry because I could feel like that thing inside of me where like, I'm like, why not? Like, you know, like stomping your feet, like, yes, yes. Like why I can do this. I can do it. And what I ended up, I mean, this is actually like really sad in retrospect, although it worked out okay for them. But a lot of those women who were my peers, like shot up that trajectory. And then almost all of them ended up writing a book with some kind of theme of I shot up this trajectory and now here's what I learned. And I'm not, I'm not doing that busy, crazy life anymore. Now I'm going to be present with my kids. I'm not going to be busy and I'm mm-hmm. not going to be. And I, I remember when those books started coming out and I thought, oh, see, that would have been me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been me like just crashing and burning and then writing like this 
whole memoir about, I wish I would have just stayed home <laughs> and there's not so tried many, so hard. Yeah. There's so many women who do that. And yeah. I mean, and like, sometimes it was the thing they're supposed to do for whatever reason. I don't know. Of course, right. Them. I don't know. Exactly. Um, but it just depends. And so I think that that's just, that was a really important thing to touch on. And I'm wondering how you ended up transitioning to really, cause your kids, I know two of them are older, but yep, like you yep. still have a high schooler. So mm-hmm. when did you start transitioning to say, okay, I'm going to like now, now yeah, I can yeah. do this as a thing. Yes. And there was a definite, there was a definite time. And, and this was really cool because I could totally feel the hand of God on the whole thing because I had just put it aside, put it aside. And not only for my kids, but I do have to say, I mentioned briefly that my husband, you know, was climbing up the corporate ladder. Much of what I was saying no to was largely because he was working so many hours that I didn't have the ability to, um, rely on him Mm -hmm. to even be home in the evenings. Most of the time, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it was me, it was Mm -hmm. me taking care of these kids. I didn't live close to family. I didn't have like grandma who could pick them up from carpool or watch them on the weekends. Like I didn't have any of that. So And that's why, and I just want to make this point before I move on is that everybody's situation is unique and it's very important to pay attention to, you know, the criteria that's in your life. Because if you have grandma who is just dying to get her hands on that baby, then, you know, you might have a lot more freedom than I had. Or if you have a a work from home husband who is present and is flexible, um, you might have a whole different opportunity for time than I had. I did not have that like period exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I just didn't have it. Okay. So, so I had, I had continually set, I would do little tiny snippets of things and then, and then get really frustrated And I, two of my kids have very special needs. One of them is on the autism spectrum. And one of them is, um, dealt with depression and anxiety the whole time she was growing up. So it required so much of me, Mm -hmm. um, much like when you talk about your son having ADHD and you're having to pull him home and homeschool him. Okay. So I can totally relate to that type of thing. So there came a time when my daughter was, um, a senior and then my son was a freshman and my younger daughter, whatever was five years younger than that. <laughs> I can't do math. <laughs> sometime. <laughs> yeah. Sometime where she was just, okay. You know, like I'm not wiping bottoms anymore. I'm not, uh, it's just, it's just a different season and the opportunity, um, I was offered the role of being, um, women's ministry leader at our church on staff and everything about that, like all the, all the internal, like, this is it. I mean, it's like, this is the right next thing for me. Like, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. All the God feelings, all the like, yes, 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 green Green lights, green lights, green lights. And, and because of that, like a whole bunch of other things happened because I said yes to that. And, and it, that kind of was the turning point because everyone in my family independently came to me and said, like, and I could just cry, like, you know, you and I did not prepare these questions. So this is all like off the cuff, but Mm -hmm. they all came to me independently and said, mom, you have, you have like given all of your time for me. And this is what I've seen you do for me. And now we want you to do this. Like, like that's such a gift for them to give you that. Okay. I mean, even though they all did every one of them, like Mm -hmm. even the youngest one was like, yay, mommy, I'm so proud of you. Like it was, it was such a different scenario than when they were little. And I was always feeling like, you know, you're like peeling Mm -hmm. kids off of you when you're leaving to go to the thing. And, and they're like, no, mom, don't go. Exactly. Or, you know, you can see it on your husband's face. Like what time are you going to be back? And (laughs) it's been 30 minutes. Where are you? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. None of that was happening anymore. And it was free. Yeah. It was, I felt free. I felt like 
you know, obviously I'm, I'm still home. Like, you know, I've got to go pick up my daughter in a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I'm still being mom, but it, it was, it was a hundred percent different. And, um, where I knew that they, they were fully invested in me doing all the things that they knew I could do that I had been like sitting on, but not really sitting on I'm gonna say, all like those I'm little things, those little classes that you, like you would have, you got yeah. offered this because you were in the church. The whole, like, yes. I was doing that the whole there. time. Right. Yeah, I was there so for like, 16 years, like right. So serving in every way I could. Right. Right. So this moment wouldn't have happened had you not been still kind of tapping in and listening to God on all those little things. And I just think that's, it's just fun to look back and see how God is preparing us um, for those seasons and to, to have your perspective now to look back Mm -hmm. and in the moment, like you said, you were frustrated. It was, why can't I, and all of that, but (laughs) now you can see the beauty in it and how it was, was perfect for what you needed to be doing and where you're going next and all of that. I mean, yes. And I will say the, the gift in that too, is just, I now have these beautiful, deep relationships with my kids mm-hmm. because I, I was present and mm-hmm. I wasn't always, and I'm not saying it's never God's will for a mom to be away from her kids. Like, please hear me. Like I knew, <laughs> like, I know you've got to yeah. like, you need a break. You need to. And sometimes God is calling you away for a season. And you know, if he's gifted you and you're out there, you know, saving lives somewhere, like mm-hmm. by all means, like go save your lives. Like I get it. Like don't, but, but for me, I knew that he was calling me to be present in the home primarily. And, um, and now I, I am reaping the benefits that I see the fruit of that because my kids, I like, I have no regrets. It's not like I'm looking back over their childhoods thinking, gosh, I missed everything. Like I missed nothing. I literally missed nothing. Sometimes I wanted to miss a lot of things. I'm like, oh my God, do I have to be the one to go again? You know, another ball game. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. And it gets like that when you're in, but on the other side of it, when they're all coming to you and texting you and talking to you and they're you can see you have a genuine loving relationship with your young adult children and your 15 year old and you're their favorite person. Oh, like yeah. it really like every does. Mom's goal. It, it <laughs> is every mom's yeah. goal. It was my goal too, but I didn't know how to get there because you know, the, not all the years are, you know, when you read my book, I don't know if you got to part three yet, but <laughs> part three is like those middle school and teen years are like, brutal. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know if any of them were going to even like me much Mm -hmm. less, like have me be their favorite. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, not to like throw my husband under the bus because he's amazing. Um, but all the kids will tell you, you know, uh, dad, if you, if you ever leave mom, I just want you to know we're going with her. Like, (laughs) and they all joke about it. Like, like, yeah, she's way better, you know, which it's so funny. He laughs too. So like the, obviously we're not going anywhere. We've been married 28 years, so (laughs) but, um, but yeah, it really is worth it. I mean, just, you know, Jesus when Jesus was asked, like, what's the greatest commandment? He said to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This is a first and greatest commandment. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And I have built my whole mothering journey based on that scripture, because I know that if I put God first and I love my people, well, everything else falls into place. Mm-hmm. And that is what I tell moms all the time. I'm like, you get those two things, right. And it's going to look different. Cause you are not me and your mm-hmm. family's not my family. Your kids are not my kids. Your husband's not my husband. You might not even have a husband at home. Like whatever your situation is, if you get the God thing, right. And you love your, you just make it your commitment to love your people, whatever that means then everything else falls into place. Even if you don't see it at first, even when you're in the trenches and you don't understand how it's all going to play out, it all works out. I love that because I think as you were saying that I was thinking, um, that the difference there is as we're going along and all those little decisions about should we, or should we not? And all that, like mm-hmm. you said, it's loving God and we can, you know, when we think we want to do a business or whatever, it's like, are we thinking about what I want, you know, or mm-hmm. are we asking what God wants us to do? And then, like you said, loving our kids and serving them as their mom and holding that role. I hate that we ran out of time because I had more things, but just, I guess, really quick, 
one of the things that, and you kind of alluded to it was like this, you said, you're reaping the fruit now. That's what Mm -hmm. you talked about sowing and, and, um, how the things that you're sowing in whatever season you're in are going to come later, but it's hard uh, Mm -hmm. in that season of sowing. And that analogy has been something that God has spoken to me so many times Mm -hmm. about business because in particular, and just, I guess, kind of motherhood and business and all of that, because um, nothing happens fast, no matter how much we want it to happen quickly. And it's like, if you, if you leave, like the thing that God tells me is like, when you're, if you're sowing, you're taking care of this field to reap the fruit, to have the harvest, whatever, to, to be able to experience that you can't just like abandon chip. Um, you know, you have to keep working and you have to keep doing, and all the while, like you're doing the work, but you're trusting that God's going to like be on the other side and then accepting whatever he brings or doesn't bring on the yeah. other end of that. So I just think that um, was another part of that. So this has been like an amazing conversation and then we could oh, talk forever. I'm sure about all the I things. I know, so. I know. <laughs> Where well, can people connect with you and learn more about your work and your book and all of that? Yes. Well, the best place to connect with me is um, on my website. That's kind of the hub for everything. It is the scoop And I also podcast weekly at the balanced mom cast. And, uh, I've been doing that for three years and I, I will not be showing up. I usually drop an episode literally today, um, Mm -hmm. as we're recording, but because of all talking to everyone else about the book (laughs) and being on everyone else's podcast, I didn't even get to record my own this week, but normally that's a good place to connect with me as well. And I am no longer on social media. I I saw that. I, I'll tell you, if you ever want to talk about that off or on, <laughs> Come back I'll on talk, talk about that. That's right. I love talking about jumping ship off social media because it's been one of the most exhilarating, scary, and fun things I've ever done. That's like it's, awesome. I feel completely free. So yeah, yeah don't yeah, look for me there. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, cause a lot of people think that social media is like needed for this online business. And I'm like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. You just There's other ways to do that race thing. Yep. of like trying to do the latest thing. That's just my yes. opinion. But, um, well, thank you so much, Sandy, for being on the podcast today. It was such a joy talking to you. Well, thank you. This was like one of the most fun conversations I have had. So thank you. It was really great. Thanks for listening to the Mama with a Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawithacalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.